Welcome to Talk the Line. I'm Jen Long. On this podcast, I talk to some of our favourite people about the things that they are passionate about. And this week, I'm talking to 22-year-old Canadian pop star Alessia Cara about growing pains. It's a subject she's written a song about. And in this conversation, we go into it in even more depth. Yeah, this is, I guess, my take on the, the very common phrase, growing pains. Okay. So we're yeah. not talking about like the medical actual no. growing pains or anything like that no. just like being an awkward adolescent kind of yeah, yeah I think I needed to f- like give a name or put a label on what I was feeling mm. um and and like find a name that wasn't so pessimistic because I was feeling very pessimistic so I figured if I just blamed it on growing pains I could see a silver lining to it and I can realize like okay I'll grow out of this and yeah. that always <laughs> helps you deal with things better I see an end point exactly You're it like- gives you like a it gives you a light at the end of the tunnel. You know? So is this currently or was this like past? This was about a year and a half ago. But I mean, I think I'm always going to go through it. I think I'm always for or for a, at least in my 20s going to have some sort of questions about who I am as a person and where I want to go. Yeah. Just everyone will, I think. So it's definitely a present thing as well. But I wrote it a year and a half ago. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know that um, when you were like a kid and you think, oh, what? like adults like know everything and you're like I can't wait till I'm grown up or like when I grow up yeah and then you realize that it just never happens yeah and you actually just don't know your parents literally don't know anything yeah I know <laughs> and they're just like scared children like you are yeah it's like having that realization I feel is like such a defining moment in your life where you're like oh no one knows what they're doing yeah no it's true it's yeah. actually kind of a comforting thing in a weird way because you don't feel so alien and you don't feel like you, like you need to catch up to everybody mm. because you realize like oh okay this is this is very common this is a common thing yeah yeah so if we were to split growing pains into like like three subcategories mm. what would they be is any of it physical is it all mental is some of it social is part of it to do with your work just for like an easy way that we can construct this conversation without going off on tangents yeah. or me talking way too much. No, 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 or me. Um, I <laughs> but think that's the purpose. You're supposed to talk too much. <laughs> well, okay. No one Good. wants to hear me talking about being like 15. That's not true. I'm sure <laughs> lots of people would love to listen to you. Um, I would say a lot of it is emotional. So one is like, it's an emotional, personal category that's very internal. And then there's an aspect of it in terms of work as well because I think just like growing as an artist and like growing in this circumstance is very difficult Mm. um so that would be another one and then maybe uh, the other would be more social and my interactions with people as well Mm. okay should we start with emotional sure (laughs) (laughs) is it like um like a feeling of not knowing what you're doing or is it like a more to do with like love interests and your first heartbreaks and things like that what's the emotional aspect of your growing pains um I think it's a bit of all those things I think definitely just being confused about who I am outside of this circumstance that I'm in and like my work has been really difficult and just like I don't know just feeling sad a lot of the time and not knowing why I was sad and then like being mad at myself for not knowing why I was sad you know and that can just turn into this cycle that's very frustrating um and then also yeah like romantic stuff and just like being in these different funks for no reason mm. can sometimes be like weird that sounds more like a little bit of depression than a growing <laughs> pain, probably it? Yeah, yeah it does <laughs> but maybe i was just i just didn't want to think it was that 
I don't. I really don't know what it is. I mean, I I do. I think therapy is really nice. I've been going or. I have gone to therapy um, just to talk about those things and, and get it out, um, which I think is good. So whatever label there is for it, um, I think a lot of people go through it where we just like kind of feel sad even if our circumstance is great, you know, yeah. um, whether that has some sort of medical title or it's just I think it's just called the human condition. I, I, yeah, that's, yeah, that's the condition. <laughs> just yeah, never so. satisfied. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's true, it's true. No, it's super. I've been reading this um, amazing book at the moment that uh, – was actually we did a whole podcast about it with a, mm. a girl called Natty from a band called Fickle Friends. Oh, cool! And it's called Sapiens, and it's just all about how like we're really not don't really have an understanding of what we are. Like we're literally just animals, but we've got these like our brains have evolved so that we have these like crazy like ideas about the world and about ourselves. From really we're just like we weren't any better and, uh, than like the lions and tigers before we suddenly managed to make up religion. <laughs> yeah that's really things true. like that yeah yeah it's true it's like all these expectations now yeah that we're just like conditioned to believe are it supposed must to happen yeah it must be like difficult as well having a job that's not like get up at eight go to work until like five go home and having like a really nice routine I suppose having a kind of life where you've got so many people looking at you and so much pressure on you mm. must make those growing pains even more kind of like poignant yeah it, it kind of does because I feel like there's a sense of not really belonging to yourself when you're in the public um mm. I feel like there's like I don't know it's it's hard for me not to feel like there's a piece of me for everybody um and you kind of lose yourself in that or I did anyway or felt like I did in the sense that I just was like trying to please everybody and all of a sudden had this huge responsibility to have my music be comfort for people that I wasn't figuring out ways to comfort myself or like mm. figure out who I was outside of that you know like when I wasn't doing music or when I was by myself in my room you know like what did I what did I like to do outside of this or like I, you just kind of lose that sense of like self in a in a very weird yeah. way um so that was kind of hard but and because I especially because I always thought I had a great sense of self and I didn't, I wasn't ever like being someone I wasn't, but I still, it was hard to find happiness and joy within myself because I was trying to give it to everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose like in your early 20s is when most people are like just going out and socializing and don't really have any kind of stringent uh, career, um, what's the word, kind of pressures. You know, it's when you're sort of just figuring out what you want to do and who you want to be and you get a lot of like room to do that but I suppose different for you having already been put on a certain path. Yeah, exactly. It's weird because I think when you do something in the public or especially with music, um, people have to put you in some sort of a box in order to understand what you are. And so I was put into this, it, I mean, if it has to be a box, I mean, it's a great one to be put in, you know, as this like positive role model for people. Um, but that's not always easy to live up to when you're a young person who's also insecure and like the music I was writing for other people was coming from like coming from myself because I was insecure about myself which is why I was writing these songs right mm. um so it's like it's hard to have that responsibility or that pressure to make other people feel good about themselves and then I felt guilty because I was like well some days I don't feel good about myself and how am I supposed to tell these young kids like love yourself and then I would go back home and be like, I just hate everything about me. You know, it's not yeah. an easy thing to, to understand. And I felt really guilty about it for a while because I thought that, you know, it wouldn't mean as much now because 
I was dealing with something. But I think now that I've reflected on it, I realize like it doesn't mean that you're a bad person or that you're not being truthful. It just means that you go through ups and downs like everybody and it's okay to not like yourself some days, you know. Yeah. I feel like the conversation around musicians and touring and mental health has become so much more prominent in the last few years. Because mm. people just think that when you go on tour, it's like an all-night disco party. Yeah, don't it's they? really like, not. It must be the most social, fun time ever. Like you're just around loads of people and you get to play all these shows to loads of people. But really, you just kind of go to the venue, never see a city and then sit in your hotel room. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> quite isolating to be honest. Like, it, okay, don't get me wrong, it's amazing. I love performing for people, like but the, the other side where you're like, you don't want to complain. Yeah, of yeah. course, of course. But in a sense, yeah, it is kind of isolating because you do this routine every night where you go on stage, and there's that separation of stage and audience, which makes you kind of feel a bit straight or me a bit like strange because I wish I could just be in the middle of a crowd. Um, but then. You know, there's a lot of discipline that has to go into it because you got to, you know, it's like show or interviews throughout the day, then show, get out, sign things for people, take pictures of people, go on the bus. And then I just go to the to my bed or bunk and repeat for the next day. Like there's a lot of discipline that has to happen, too, because you don't want to lose your voice. You don't want to be sick for the next day. You want to always have a good show. So there's a lot of there's a lot that has to go into it that people don't realize. It's not just like party on the bus, play a show, and then party again. It's like a lot of discipline. So, I mean, how did you kind of have these these realizations that of what you were going through? Firstly, like acknowledging it and then dealing with it. Was it reading books? Was it therapy? Was it looking up things on the internet? Which is what I always, just <laughs> like Dr. Google. Yeah, right, <laughs> I know. It's true. A little bit of everything, I think. I think it's, it's just good to talk to people because for a while I, I didn't talk to anybody. So whether that was a therapist or someone with a PhD or my mom or a best friend or something. It's just good to talk to people, even if you're not looking for advice, just like to say something. Um, but also just finding ways to take care of yourself in little ways, whether it's like breathing techniques or meditation or just taking a couple minutes to yourself to, or do something normal, like go get a coffee across the street or little things that seem so stupid and minimal that are actually quite helpful for you know for the routine that I have every single day you know it's just nice to break those routines and just like do things that are just for me you know and normal <laughs> <laughs> and then um the romantic side I suppose when you're in your early 20s I guess that's when a lot of people either like settle down or start thinking about settling down or just like go on a bit of a bender yeah yeah yeah, i suppose when you're not in the public eye you have so much freedom to discover yourself and discover your sexuality and discover Mm. what you know people that you work better with and people that you know you can have different types of relationships with but is it difficult doing that when you're constantly thinking like oh god they do they know who i am like yeah you probably can't go on tinder can you no i can't (laughs) i really can't yeah that that's always a thing in the back of my head like i just it's hard to believe that people like you for you, you know, when you do something like this. It's like, oh, yeah, do they know me? Are they doing this for the right reasons? Or, And I'm, I'm somebody, I'm a very, I'm a cancer, so I'm, like, all about, like, commitment and love and, like, everyone I meet is the one, like, <laughs> to me. You know, it's like, this is it. Like, I, I just fall so heavily. And that's so hard when you're in this kind of lifestyle because it doesn't always work and it's so difficult to, it, it's definitely, like, double the effort to maintain something when you're doing this because you never see them like it's it's extra extra effort and that can be so hard because not everybody understands this kind of life either you know and 
not everyone is trusting and not everyone just like gets it and guys are a little bit strange with I think um women who like have not all of them but like women who have like a successful career I think there's that innate thing of a man that like wants to provide and I think a lot of men can be intimidated when a girl has like her own thing going not that I'm intimidating in the slightest I think I'm the least intimidating (laughs) person so it's not that bad but yeah I think it's gonna be hard it's gonna be hard in the future for me to to find someone or for someone like me to find someone because Mm -hmm. it's just it's not easy to to do what we do and like maintain a committed relationship and and like tend to that when when it's needed I suppose yeah it's like the novelty of dating a pop star at the start if you're not in the entertainment business you're like oh my god we get to go to all these like cool places and backstage at a show but it like it gets it gets old quite quickly doesn't it yeah and you realize that it's not all just famous people and like no it's not dinners a lot of it's just like a lot of facetime exactly yeah (laughs) and it's like all right gotta go for four months see you later see you in a year and it's like Mm. it's not easy i wouldn't expect anyone to want to be in that you know and that that's kind of hard because you feel like you're like people just are gonna get bored of you have you had a defining heartbreak yet yeah oh god yeah (laughs) it's the worst oh it's you feel like you're gonna die but yeah um there's gonna be like elements of that on this on this record too it's very reminiscent of like the last three years Mm. it just feels like so much was packed into these three years that there's like everything in there yeah which can you tell me anything about the heart I mean obviously not like details but like (laughs) how did you kind of like deal with it at first I remember like my first heartbreak I just like went on a rampage afterwards and like just got so drunk Mm. for like about three months and just like complete mess but I guess I I didn't have like have many followers on Twitter or like you know I wasn't going to be photographed to be in like gossip magazines like how Mm. do you deal with it when you're in the public eye Um, I think, I mean, I think on one end, I'm still able to be pretty private. Like, knock on wood, I don't really get, like, photographed and stuff often. And thankfully, a lot of the press around me has been about my music, which is good. So I've been able to keep that part private. But also, I think I kind of had to go right into work as that was simultaneously happening. And that was really hard because I didn't give myself or I wasn't allowed the time to really feel it. So it was coming out in very odd ways and was just like I felt crazy because I'm like ah you know I would try to suppress 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 but that's not how you get over things you need a grieving process um so my grieving process was a little bit strange but um it's hard it's hard some days feel like a million steps forward and then other days feel like two million steps back I feel like we as a society just super underplay heartbreak where it's just like, yeah. you'll get over it. No. Whereas like, if you'd like broken your arm or leg on tour or something, people would be so much more supportive. They'd yeah, be like, I know. Oh my God, do you want to cancel the next show? Like, are you okay? It's true, but <laughs> emotional pain is different. I it's, know. Like, people don't process it the same, which is probably, it's probably worse than physical sometimes or a lot of it. Um, but yeah, people treat like physical pain so much more literally and like they tend to it way more than like, you have anxiety today or you're heartbroken today maybe mm. you shouldn't do a show but i guess because it's not tangible it's not real yeah it doesn't like manifest itself physically like you can yeah. see when someone's got a plaster cast on exactly but you can't see you know, when you're like oh god she's been a bit of a bitch today. yeah it's exactly like, i just had my heart broken <laughs> yeah i know it's difficult it's really difficult yeah it's funny people <laughs> not everyone's as understanding a lot of people are though because i think we've all been through it mm. so if you always catch the right person, they'll be like, oh, dude, I 
totally get it. <laughs> been what about there. like certain songs or movies? I feel like whenever I've like been dumped or something, I've always had like certain albums and like the first St. Vincent album and like High Fidelity, the film. Like, I was oh just my gosh. Them. <laughs> I must have seen them a million times now. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of that. Every sad song that didn't, like that wasn't as sad to me is now like, just the most heartbreaking thing even like some happy songs like everything you just find those people or that person like in everything you see and everything you hear so that's always hard like everything's 10 times more emotional and everything reminds you of them it's funny but yeah definitely a lot of music for comfort for sure you must have to give quite a lot of um advice out to your maybe like younger fans and you you mentioned earlier about kind of having that people constantly asking you for things and taking things from your music Mm -hmm. did you learn anything on this like journey that you can share um in terms of like from them or get over heartbreak (laughs) oh my goodness (laughs) I don't even know Um, I think if they had some advice for me that would be lovely um I think it's it's a tough one I think just with any kind of pain whether it has to do with heartbreak or just any situational thing or even if it's not situational, just as cheesy as it sounds, just give it time and allow yourself to have like those days where you take steps back. And even if you feel like you're like emotionally relapsing, just go through those things because over time you'll see that they're like fewer and farther between until it just doesn't affect you as much anymore in your daily life. Um, and it takes a while and when you're in it, it feels like it'll never, like you'll never see the end of it, but it comes and it's really nice when it does. So just like wait it out and go <laughs> through that process. And um, socially, do you have like a kind of like good, strong group of friends or is it quite difficult to maintain those sort of relationships? Cause, I mean, again, that's such a key part of growing up, isn't it? It's like yes, having those friendships. friendships and losing those friendships as well mm-hmm. and realizing that people do change. And just because you were best friends with someone when you were like 19 doesn't mean you're going to be best friends when you're 22. Exactly. It's true. And I think it's it's important to remember that people grow apart and sometimes it doesn't always have to be tragic. It's just people change. Mm. Um, but I, I'm not good with change. So that's always tough. <laughs> um, but I do have I do have like really strong like the friendships that I have I don't have many but the ones I have are very strong I have my best friend with me we've been best friends since we were like 10 years old and Mm. I feel like that one is the equivalent of like five friends in one so that's always it's good I think that'll be one that hopefully I have for a long time do you bring your friend on tour yes is that so that I was gonna say hi (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) do you want to come over tell me what she's like does she does she oh, i no. message you a lot do you have a whatsapp group <laughs> we do yes <laughs> talk jump to on. her about everything yeah jump on jump on Come in. <laughs> hello i'm liv nice to meet you hi liv nice to meet you <laughs> <laughs> do you want to sit here yeah sit join us there. join join us for the friendship chat oh wow thank you yeah so how do you guys school together yes in fifth grade we met and uh the rest is history <laughs> just like grown up together we used to live like 30 seconds from each other it's been pretty nice she used to sing to me in fifth grade she would go in my closet because she was too scared to face anybody and sing so she would sing from her closet and she always had a beautiful voice so not not always definitely not always always for fifth grade it was pretty good could still do those runs (laughs) 
And how do you guys kind of manage to stay in touch and be so close when you obviously, I mean, are you a musician as well, Liv? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I don't have those skills. (laughs) (laughs) Not true. uh, What do you do? Are you in entertainment or something completely different? No, I just finished school. Yeah, I went to to university, took that route. But uh, now we we travel together and stuff, which is cool. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, luckily there's like FaceTime and iMessage and all those things Mm. where we could keep in touch i think we have a friendship too where if we don't see each other for a while it kind of bounces back to the same thing we've known each other for so long so true have you ever close so you still live that you still live 30 seconds not 30 seconds Uh, she moved away she (sighs) ruined it all but at least there's like we can still see each other it's not a hassle to see each other when we're home because we're still fairly close so it's good do either of you ever get jealous about the other person's life or lifestyle? Like, if you were at university, did you go to university? I didn't, no. Do you ever get jealous of, like, not having those, like, college years? Or do you ever get jealous, live of, like, um, Alessia's kind of, like, showbiz life? No, no. There's never any jealousy because you just, you, like, you're watching your best friend's, like, dreams come true. So it's like, how can you be jealous when you're just so happy for them? And I think she's <laughs> the most deserving person of, of all the success and... And to be like, kind of, like a spokesperson for like these good messages. I think all the success is is so amazing for her. It really makes me proud. Aww. <laughs> Thank you. And yeah, same with me. I don't think I'm necessarily jealous. Sometimes I wonder like, what would it have been like if I had gone to school or just have that experience of college or university? But um, I don't think so. I think we like chose what we wanted to do, and we like. I don't think I belong in university or I don't think I would have belonged at the time um and I definitely sorry I definitely couldn't do what what she's doing <laughs> I, would, I would crumble under the pressure so I have crumbled I'm all glued together um but yeah so it's good I think we just like support each other and we have like different goals and dreams for life which is good because then we're able to mm. support each other and not be like oh she's where I want to be it's like she's doing her thing I'm doing mine and we're just supportive of each other and that's like what a good friend is I think so yeah did you ever not want, did you ever take her to a frat party, Liv? Oh my God, no. <laughs> I never went, but also uh, she wouldn't want to come anyways. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, the, the party scene is not is not her thing at all. I feel like when you're growing up in the UK with so many like American cultural influences, like TV shows and films and stuff, I feel like every Brit growing up wants to do like one of two, or if not both, American things. And one is like go to a summer camp. And the other is uh, go to a frat party. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we did that like whole, I don't know. Our high school experience was very different from other high schools. And I feel like same thing with, well, I didn't go to university, but a lot of the universities in our area were just like, it's not like the all-American type that you, like the stereotype that you see in on TV. It's, it was kind of a different experience, I think. So North American. Of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. The v- yeah, at least yeah the sorry. <laughs> or at <laughs> least where at least the yeah. GTA where we're from is is like I don't know, I feel like it was just different. We didn't really have that same experience. At least in high school, but I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> and um well I've got both of you. Have you uh has there ever been like a third wheel that's come into the friendship midst and you've had like a little squabble over? As that is definitely also a growing pain. Honestly, <laughs> boys are the third wheel. <laughs> And they quickly realize that it that they are the third wheel, and then they get upset that they're the third wheel, <laughs> and then we're like, "Sorry, 
We're, yeah. <laughs> this is very much a true story also. <laughs> no, it's true. It's funny because, like, you think if one of us gets a boyfriend or something that, like, then the other friend becomes the third wheel. But it's always the boy that's the third wheel. Like, we're just, <laughs> we're always so strong. <laughs> and they're just like, you guys really just, you don't pay attention to us when you're together. But it's funny. I don't know. <laughs> we're soulmates. What can we say? It's true. Thank you very much. Thank I feel you like you're so really much. awkwardly oh sitting God. on that. Are you okay? <laughs> Thank you. So just sort of wrapping up then, what are your, what do you think are the, like the key growing pains and what have you learned from them? Good question. Uh, um, that's hard. I think it's hard to pinpoint exactly like, like how to categorize them. Mm. Um, but I feel like they come in just many different forms and the most important thing with internal growing pains anyway are just like, like I said, self-care, even the smallest things that seem very minimal and kind of dumb, like just like sleeping in a little bit more, like getting more sleep or eating better foods for you or like moisturizing your face <laughs> and your skin or like meditating for a minute or doing a breathing exercise or Little things like that I find are really helpful. And just clearing your mind, writing things down, writing down what bothers you, what you want to change, things that, like some goals and stuff. Um, I don't know, just little things like that. Those little steps, I think, kind of take you farther than you would expect. Are there any books or authors or podcasts or anything that you've listened to on this subject? Ah, uh, yes. Well, first of all, there's a book... Um, call well. Obviously, I mean everyone. I'm sure knows it. It's called the Alchemist. Uh, no, um, the Alchemist. Okay, I was right. Yeah, it's really good. It's like about just like self, like a self journey and the journey of like I don't know finding yourself and fate and how everything happens for a reason, which I'm a big believer of. So that's a really great book. And there's a there's a guy named Saudi Guru. He's like a guru i guess don't exactly know where he's from oh my god this sounds like wild wild country yeah <laughs> i know <laughs> but he has a bunch of really great long videos where he just talks about different topics he has like videos on breakups he has videos on um like self-actualization and like bettering yourself or relationships with people things like that and i could listen to him talk for hours he's a really really smart guy that just kind of gives you tips on just coping with life which is really nice um and just because he's a guru, I just believe him. <laughs> so that's really helpful. How does one become a guru? I know. Who, who, like, who's the, who titles people gurus, I wonder? Who, like, knights people? We used to have this uh, TV show here where there was this lady called uh, Dr. Gillian McKeith. And she was on TV telling people about their diets and, like, helping them mm. eat better food. And she used to, like, look at their poo like they'd have to poo in a box. And then oh, she would, no. like, smell it and be like, oh, you're not getting enough fibre. How but do you know that? <laughs> she just wasn't even a doctor. She, she just called herself a doctor. She really wasn't a no. doctor? She was on TV, Dr. Gillian McKeith, apparently not really a doctor. Well, that's like with Dr. Phil, too. Do you know Dr. Phil? Only from, like, The Simpsons. Oh, really? Oh, that's so <laughs> Yeah, well, he's, like, huge. He's probably the equivalent of Dr. Jillian, except not really with food, just like he helps with life issues mm. and relationships. And he's not even a doctor either, apparently. He's just like a guy from the South and like just like tries to tell people how to live. <laughs> it's maybe funny. Maybe it's different with a guru. Maybe you have to get an actual certificate. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I hope so. I believe him. I trust him. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, 
thank you so much for talking to me. Thank it's you. Been this really was fun. great. It was thank you. To meet you. Great to meet you too. Thank you. <laughs> a big thanks to Alessia and her best mate Liv. Alessia released a new track, Trust My Lonely, earlier this month, and the follow-up to her debut record is titled The Pains of Growing. See what she did there, and is coming soon. You've been listening to Talk the Line. I'm Jen Long. This is a podcast from the line of Best Fit, produced by Paul Bridgewater with original music by Seams. We upload a new one every other week. You can subscribe, you can follow us online, you could even leave us a nice review if you're feeling fruity. Take care and we'll see you soon.